overseas and it was during the coronavirus and so the, the especially the thing about the open um, airline seats actually it was very Welcome to Solo Travel with Darren, the podcast dedicated to giving you tips on international travel if you're going to be traveling solo. This podcast is from the perspective of an adult male who's not interested in family travel, not interested in budget travel, and these are all the tips and advice and things that I wish that I knew before I traveled overseas and all the information that I could not find on the internet uh, when I was planning various trips. So. If you're interested in international travel, then listen up. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Solo Travel with Darren. And this is episode 12, I think it is. And today I'm going to be talking about some tips when you're flying by airline. And I guess this could also apply to flying by train also. Um, And the reason why I'm going to talk about this today is because I'm recording this podcast uh, in uh, March, um, about March 24th of 2020. And this date, if you're listening to this podcast in the future, this date is interesting because we've been, the world has been going through what's called the coronavirus, um, the, the virus pandemic that's been going uh, throughout the world. Basically, it started in China. Uh, went to Italy, and now it's here in the U.S., and it's a really contagious disease, and I guess it it makes some people, it's lethal to some people, and then other people, most people survive it. But nevertheless, so the world is basically shut down um, because of this virus during this time when I'm recording this podcast. And so I wanted to talk about some of the things that I learned in the last two weeks because I was in Dubai. Well, actually, I was in Baku, Azerbaijan, and Dubai, UAE um, within the last two weeks. And when I was traveling by air and coming back to the States, um, there's some things that stuck out to me that I want to share with you. Uh, things that might help you when you start traveling, uh, assuming that we start traveling again and there's no uh, pandemic going on. So anyways, um, and, and also because, well, I'll just start. The first, the first tip that I have for you, and you probably already know this, is when you travel and you bring along like a backpack or a briefcase or something like that, something that you carry on on the plane, Make sure you throw a pen in there, I mean, or two pens actually, because inevitably um, you're going to have to write out. You're going to have to write something down, and I would say not every time, but maybe one out of every five times, I need a pen when I'm on a plane or on a train. Um, I think I mentioned before when I was traveling to Russia back uh, two years ago, at the border I had to fill out a customs card and. You need obviously you needed a pen to fill it out. Um, this past couple of weeks, when I was traveling to a couple airports, um, bef- when we landed, we were all given these questionnaires of, about our health and where we've been and if we felt like we had any flu sim- symptoms and things like that. So again, you had to fill out these forms on the plane before you get off, and the steward, uh, the flight attendants. They walk down, they hand everybody out this piece of paper, but they don't hand out pens, obviously. And so 
you need to have a pen or a pencil or something to fill it out. I'm sure they have a few and you can borrow one and all that from people. But and like I said, probably one out of every five times I travel, I need a pen for something like that. And I sure did um, this past couple of weeks when I was flying. The second tip that I have is that um, you, when you get on the plane, after the the flight attendants close the doors, um, before you take off, obviously, uh, once you're sitting there on the runway, if there's any open seats, you can change if there's open seats. And you might know this. I mean, I, I didn't really know this until the last couple of years. I mean, I've been traveling for a long time. Um and I didn't know this, and, and really because I didn't need to. In all the years I've been traveling, the planes that I've been on have been packed. Um, maybe there's one or two open seats, but uh, for the most part, planes don't fly with empty seats. Um, but in the last couple of weeks with this coronavirus, um, people aren't traveling. The only people who are traveling were like me, who are, I was trying to get home back to the States. Um, so there was a lot of open seats on my flights. And so what you can do is when you can, if you're on the plane, well you, so you get in your assigned seat first, but once they close the doors, if there's any open seats, you can get up and move to the seats, to the open seats. And so if you're on a, um, a long haul flight for 11 hours or 13 hours or whatever overseas, um, if you can find an open row with four seats that are empty, then you can obviously lay down, go to sleep on those rows. And so when I was flying the last couple of weeks after the doors closed, you would see about a half dozen people stand up and walk down the aisles looking for open seats. And I did it myself when I flew back from uh, Moscow to New York. Um, I, again, the plane was probably 70% full. And so I got up and I looked and I found a row of four and that I could have all to myself. And so, again, if, if the flight's full, you don't have that... Um, option obviously but if it is open you can you can do that and you don't have to ask for permission um or I, I, in my experience i i've never asked for permission and it's never been a problem um one thing i did hear uh when i was flying from i think dubai to moscow or no i'm sorry from new york to phoenix actually um th when the flight was 50 percent full they announced um before we got on the plane they announced that uh, they didn't want us to move from our assigned seats because the seats were assigned specifically to distribute the weight um, throughout the plane, and um, they didn't want us to move. So that's and that's why those seats were assigned. Um, inevitable. Well, once we got on the plane, the plane was only fifty percent full, so all of our seats already assigned. We had empty rows, so I think there was like three seats. So you sat in the one. And he had two open ones right next to you, so you didn't have to worry about it. But nevertheless, that's what I did here is that they do assign those tickets for the weight distribution. But um, all the other flights where we got up and changed, there's no problem. So again, if you're ever on a flight um, and you see an open row or something like that and you want to get up and move after the doors have closed, you can go. You can do it. Um, and, so, and obviously the same thing on trains. I moved on trains before and all like that. Now, again, this is maybe uh, common knowledge, but um, I didn't really know that. I mean, I think I've been on planes before where I thought you couldn't move or you definitely, I thought you'd have to ask the people if you could move or something like that. But again, experienced travelers 
um, know that you can just get up and go, get up and move. Um, so, and again, this is because the last two weeks with this coronavirus and nobody traveling is the reason why it, this came to my mind. And the last thing that I'll tell you is that, and again, something that, um, n- this is not because of the coronavirus the last couple of weeks. This is just, if you want to travel, um, and get good deals or you want to get like secret flying deals or you want to get, um, budget deals, things like that. And by the way, I do suggest you use Skyscanner if you're looking for uh, good prices on flights. Um, that's better than um, Expedia or Booking.com or anything like that. The reason why it's better is because actually Skyscanner will give you everything that's on Booking.com, uh, Travelocity, uh, Expedia, whatever. And so, and it also Skyscanner.com is better than Google Flights, uh, which is also out there. But so, anyways. Um, when you get budget flights, if you're flying cheap, inevitably you're going to be flying with two or one, two or three, um, connections. Um, you're not going to find a budget flight for a a direct flight somewhere. I I mean, for the most part, and I I haven't to put that way. Um, whenever I've flown to Europe, I've flown with at least one, maybe two stops, um, to get there in order to do that. And, and the reason why you do that is because those flights you can get for around, you know, $500, if not less, a little bit less, four or $500, maybe even $300, um, each way. So that's, you're flying overseas for six, $700. Um, but so when you, but when you do that, you're going to have long layovers and you're going to have early flights and things like that. They're not going to be the most convenient flight. And when it comes to the long layovers, um, sometimes you're in an airport for eight hours waiting for your next flight. And so what was interesting that I found out last Friday when I was coming back from Dubai and I was in the Moscow airport is that they had a lot of these sleep pods and they also had a small hotel in the airport. And what, and I, again, I didn't really understand why it was. I mean, I've seen the little pods. They look like kind of the, the rides that you have at the fair where you kind of get in and you sit down and you lay down. But it's only like big enough for you to lay down and you can go to sleep. You can rent those for hours, I guess. I've never done it, but I just saw a ton of them in the Moscow airport. Um, the Sherm Shinto, I think it's called. Um, I know I didn't pronounce that right, but, but it's the main international airport in Moscow. But anyway, so there's a lot of these pods, and then there's also they also had like signs saying that there was a hotel in there, um, in the airport, and I never really noticed it before. But the reason why is because the Moscow airport, you're not allowed to sleep. You're not allowed to sleep on the chairs. You're not allowed to sleep on the floor. You're not allowed to sleep in the waiting room. Nothing like that. So you have these places that are designated for you to go to go sleeping. And this is the first time I've seen that, or first time I've heard of the rule, I should say. Um, I, I've seen those pods here and there at different airports over the around the world, but um, I didn't know that you couldn't sleep on at some airports because I know I sure have slept um, in some air on some airport chairs and on some airport floors over the years. And so again, um, that's just something to know that I guess you can't sleep everywhere on the chairs in the airports if you have a long layover. So anyways, those are the three things that came to my mind um, if you're traveling by air. And I guess also if you're traveling by train, 
um, d- during this time because, like I said, I was traveling in the last two weeks overseas, and it was during the coronavirus. And so, the, the especially the thing about the open um, airline seats, actually, it was very nice flying. Um, and it's probably spoiled me because there was so much space to to um, to spread out and put your stuff everywhere. Um, I probably won't see that again traveling. Um, and then the other tip that, again, all travelers probably already know is just to bring a pen because inevitably you're going to need a pen. So anyways, I hope that helps you if you start traveling or if you are traveling. Um, and again, if you already know all this, I apologize for saying what's obvious, but um, these are just things that I didn't know and, and, and now I know. So hopefully they help you out. Once again, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments. You can go to my website, darrenstravels.com. Leave me any questions that you have, and I'll be more than happy to answer. Thank you.